the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program was pre-recorded, and the views expressed do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Perspective. Teaching. Conversation. This is Isaiah 61. Over the next half hour, you'll hear why the Lord provided those verses and how they can be used in witnessing, in the church, and in daily life as God's children. Now, here's your host of Isaiah 61 from Spirit of the Lord Church in North Minneapolis, Pastor Joe Sutton. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. This is Pastor Joe Sutton. Glad to uh, be back with you. Uh, yeah, I had a nice little little time. I went down to visit with uh, my my grandchildren down in, in the nice hot state of Florida. It was like 94 degrees, and, and uh, we sat outside, and we barbecued, and we played and we cleaned and uh didn't go to the football game i just decided to stay stay with family and i uh, got a chance to minister to my my daughter's neighbor to minister the gospel so i figured ministering the gospel was way more important than uh cheering at a football game and uh and so we realized that you know part of the reason god had me go all the way down it was to minister to this guy and, and got to atlanta and did more of the same uh you know i, I had an experience uh this past uh, a couple of weeks where, you know, my life the last, well, really, I just, I just start back here. And my, my life the last 10 years has been, been real interesting. I've, I've, I've led a, led a great life. And as most of you know, I'm, I'm on dialysis and, and, uh, due to my, uh, extracurricular activities when I was a young man, I, you know, my body is kind of, my wife would say beat up. Uh, I, I love playing sports when I played and I, I finished playing tackle football uh, I had to finish after my freshman year of college, uh, playing, uh, you know, just, I would say, uh, school ball. Then I went on to playing, uh, reg ball, you know, playing tackle football, uh, rec wise. And, uh, was going to play some semi pro, but realized I was beating my body up too bad and, and I had to make a decision. So I, I cut football loose in my early twenties. Uh, cause I, you know, I just looked at, I remember one day watching Mike Dicker, walking down the bare sideline with a limp. And I said, you know, do I want to be like that later on, you know, just because I play this game? And I love the game. I love the game of football. And, uh, you know, I, 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 I laugh at some parents now that feel all concerned about concussions and everything like that. And, and uh, you know, uh, Chicago, there's a league, a tackle football league with no equipment, right, where you play all out just like the pros do. But with no equipment. I mean, we hit each other, no helmets. We had mouthpieces and maybe some pads, elbow pads and shin pads or something like that, a little thin pads, but you know, no shoulder pads, no no hip pads, no nothing. And man, we hit. And because uh I didn't want to uh, study in high school, I was I was never academically eligible to play high school ball. So uh the the grown men in my neighborhood said that I was too good an athlete not to play so I played on grown men's teams so I'm 15 years old but I'm 15 and I'm 240 pounds 
and I'm playing against, you know, grown men who play college ball, high school ball. We're playing tackle, no equipment, man. I'm getting racked up. And, uh, you know, and maybe a shoulder may pop out every now and then. A guy may hurt or sprain something. But, I mean, you know, nowhere near the level, you know, of, of hurt and pain that, that some people experience in other sports. But I even quit playing that, you know, after a while, you know, quit playing tackle football. And uh, I started playing uh, softball. 12-inch softball, fell in love with the sport, played three, four times a week, man, just, you know, I played basketball, do flag football, but 12-inch softball, I played year-round uh, in the South, uh, became a junkie, became pretty good at it, uh, you know, never had to pay to play, you know, always had teams that I played on, uh, open doors for me, but, man, I got hurt more times playing 12-inch softball than I ever did playing tackle football with door equipment. I think I ended up with four knee surgeries, a shoulder reconstruction, um, uh, dislocated hands, arms, elbows, you know, all for playing softball. You know, minimal contact sport, but, you know, somehow or another, I found a way to get it. And, you know, and as uh, as those old guys told me when I was playing, you know, you'll feel it later on. You know what I mean? You know, uh, having ACL surgery and supposed to take a year to come back. I'm coming back in two months. Uh, and, and I do feel it. I feel it today. You know I mean? I feel it today. And, and sometimes those of you know me, you know that it's there. So that they told me they want to uh, reconstruct my shoulder. Uh, give me a, They've been wanting to give me a knee replacement for like 15 years now, and I just keep going. And until uh, so you reach that age, almost almost 60, man, and, you know, the body is like, can't take any more. Those, those days are gone. And so... So I'm 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 in Atlanta and my knee locks up. Right? I I I didn't have my uh I've been taking this supplement over the counter thing that's that's really been helping me walk because I tore both meniscus in my knee and my knee locked up on me and then my back uh went out and I need a wheelchair. Long story short. So I'm coming back, I'm in Atlanta airport. I didn't drove from Florida up to Atlanta to fly out. I can't hardly move the next morning. Uh, I get to the rental car place. I can't get out the car. The guy says they take me there. They let me off at the wheelchair place, and there's no wheelchairs there. There's nobody there. And I'm standing there kind of trembling, uh, you know, you know, want, want to, uh, you know, get a wheelchair to get to my flight, and I'm not, I'm not getting any, I'm not getting any kind of response, right? I'm standing there. So I, I struggled my way. I limp my way into the um, the airport. And I got to make a decision. Do I go left or right? So I go. I see this lady standing there, and I go left. And so she said, my sir, do you need a wheelchair? And I said, yes, ma'am, I really do. And so she said, so she helped me with my bags and, and, and held my arms to, to get me to a chair. And she says, I'm going to go find you a, 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 a wheelchair. And I and so I, I I sit there and I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I'm waiting, you know, I got time, you know, you know, and I'm I'm going, okay, we we we, we gotta get you this 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 flight out of here and I'm thinking about going home and everything like that. And she shows back up, said wheelchair's coming, wheelchair finally comes and she puts me in a wheelchair and they wheel me over to uh the airline that I'm taking and I Finally, get up to the to the counter. And they said we're not we're not checking in any more passengers. I said, well, I'm I'm TSA pre-check. I don't have any bags. I'm just going right in there. You know, it's 50 minutes before the flight takes off. 
you know, I, I like to try to make it. He said, we're not taking any more, right? And I said, sir, I got to get home because, I, you know, I have a surgery and I have a pre-op that I have to go to and I have to, you know, do dialysis and all like that. And, and he said, we're not, you, you got to take our next flight, which is tomorrow, and which didn't work for me. He said, well, you got to find another airline. So they pushed me off into a corner and I get on the Internet and I find another airline that, you know, every flight is 400 and some dollars to, to you know, to get back. But I got to get back. Uh, in order for me, you know, to to make it to my medical needs, and then no one comes and gets me. I'm in, a, I'm sitting in a corner in this wheelchair. No one comes to get me. Finally, I get somebody's attention, and and because uh, the wheelchair doesn't have the wheels that I can push, it's 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 when you have to push the person has to push you, and and they finally come back and then they say, well, I said I I have to go to Delta, and they say, well, you're gonna have to find a Delta wheelchair because. This is a spirit wheelchair, and you can't use it. And I was like, well, huh? And, and and I just wasn't used to that. Usually I just thought that, you know, you serve the airport. But I guess at Atlanta, they serve each airline. And and, uh, and so then finally uh, a friend of mine came who works at the airport and started advocating for me, and he got them to at least wheel me to Delta, you know, so I can get a Delta wheelchair. Uh, that took a process to time. Then they finally get that. They take me to the gate, and then I, I got a six-hour wait. I sat in that wheelchair six hours. My hips still hurt, and um, and and they changed the gate three times. And I'm like, oh my goodness! So I had to find somebody to push me each time. And I, and I sat there and I got a revelation. And I said all that to say this is that I, I I can I mean I couldn't walk that day. I mean I could walk with difficulty, but you know I mean it's, it, as as it clears up, I can. But I thought about the people who can't walk, people who are born with disabilities, people who have to go through this every day. And, you know, we had the American with Disabilities Act in order to protect people and do things like that. But sometimes when you don't have a problem, you don't see a problem. And but when you have the problem or someone you love has the problem, then the problem tends to affect you. And 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 but Scripture commands us as believers that, that we're supposed to 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 seek seek justice for those that are there that we're supposed to be we're supposed to be the right makers we're we've been put in charge of this earth we're the ones that have to keep things and make things right and i i was sitting there saying like man i i I would i would want to get me a gun and shoot somebody if i got treated like this you know on a regular basis every day and i thought about even coming to my church my church is an older church and we tried to build a wheelchair ramp to our church and and they wouldn't let us build a ramp because they said once you make our building accessible has to be accessible all the way through and uh and when we looked at the cost to be handicapped accessible man it would cost us over a quarter million dollars now we can take up offerings for four years in a row and still won't get to a quarter million dollars so you can imagine what a quarter million dollars seems like to us is making our building handicap accessible and and you know but because we're an older building built in 1886 you know, it's built theater style, so it has a level of stairs. You know, you got you got five stairs to get to the front door, and then once you get in the front door, you got eight stairs. You know, I know because now, you know, with bad knees, I be counting them stairs, and then then you're inside the building. I mean, then you pretty much can navigate anywhere you want to go. And even at Pastor Appreciation Sunday, when I had to banquet in the basement, it it took me a while to get to the basement. You know, because you know, with two torn. Mendicus, and the in each knee navigating stairs is is just not the thing that I, I love to do and 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 in my heart of hearts i'd be like man i wish 
you know, I, I wish I could, our building was, you know, was just handicap accessible. You know, you can't even get on my stage. My stage is a risen stage, theater style stage. So you can't even get up on the stage if you want to give a testimony or join the worship team, you know, if you were, you, you had a disability. Uh, now we've carried folks in, you know, there was a guy who used to go with a wheelchair and, and we would get together and we'd carry them up the stairs and we'd make sure they get in there. And, and not everybody feels comfortable with somebody carrying them because, as a lot of my friends with with their wheelchair have shared with me, uh, you know they've been dropped a couple times, and you know, and it's not it's not pleasant, especially if you're a grown a, a big person. Uh, you know, the guy I used to mentor all the time. I love dearly. He's in the he's in a wheelchair. You know, he you know, he if he was you know, he's over six feet and he's over two hundred forty pounds, and and so carrying him, he, he, he you know you might can do it, but he just doesn't feel comfortable. And so you know, there's some churches he would love to attend especially in our urban areas, but they tend to be older buildings and they were built before, you know, the ADA act. And, and so they're not really handicapped accessible, you know, uh, and, and getting in there. Some people have lifts, especially as your congregation gets older and, uh, and gets more fragile, you know, you find the stairs just don't become the thing at my mom's church in Chicago, you know, they have this, it's, it's a real pretty church, but you know, there's like about 20 stairs at a steep angle that, they go up to the sanctuary, so they have one of the little chair things. You sit in there, strap it first, and then it goes up the rail and takes them up to get there. And uh, that thing is in heavy use on Sundays because a lot of a lot of the church has grown old over the years. And so when we we look at 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 how can we best service people, what what can we do that even if people had a desire to come into the church, uh, you know, how can we service them? One of the one of the amazing statistics that that that, that apply to urban areas that may not apply to some areas is that seventy five percent of all gunshot victims uh, survive. Right, they survive, but they survive with some sort of disability, some sort of thing. Usually, what requires them to be in a wheelchair or require assistance. So there, so you have all these people out there who are victims of of of, of violence and. Um, they could have been on the wrong end, wrong place, wrong time, whatever it may be. But pretty much the churches that are close to them, that that are in the area, they can't go to because of their disability. And these last 10 years of being classified as uh, having a disability myself and having to go through certain things have just opened my eyes to a, to a, to a world. I've shared this before on the program, uh, just going to dialysis three times a week, you know, and I see all the people that are there that, that, that pretty much their life is go home, watch TV, wake up, go to dialysis, go home, watch TV, wake up. You know, it's just this cycle because every other day you're here and you can't resume a normal life because sometimes our church schedules don't really fit into, uh, and that allow them to, be an active part of our our congregations and what we do and the mix is there. And and one of the things that I think that that we have to do as believers is be prepared. Jesus said the harvest is plentiful but the laborers are few. And we have to be prepared for the harvest. We have to and that harvest may not look like what we think it looks like. You know, it, it may be people with disabilities. It it may be uh survivors of gunshot wounds it it may be prisoners coming out of prison you know it could be uh nba graduates looking for ethics you know but we have to be prepared 
Prep, proper preparation prevents poor performance. And uh, it's one of the things that we have to do as part of living out a life of justice. This is Isaiah 61, the radio ministry of Spirit of Lord Church. I'm uh, Pastor Joe Sutton, and I'm glad to uh, be back live with you uh, this weekend with a, with a live program. Uh, we're going to take a break right now, and we're going to come back. And I'm just going to just talk about, uh, continue to talk about ministering to people with disabilities. Spirit of the Lord Church is a multi-ethnic, multi-generational church impacting North Minneapolis and the greater Twin Cities. Emphasizing the four pillars of godly thinking, training up godly children, godly marriages, and outreach to the community. Spirit of the Lord has quickly become a staple to some of the people who need God the most. As they focus on Jesus Christ, grace and truth bind them together to become God's best. Join them for service every Sunday morning at 1030 at 1001 Penn Avenue North in Minneapolis. Spirit of the Lord Church, a proud sponsor of Isaiah 61. It's the return of AM 980 The Mission's Clean Comedy Night with Triple Espresso, a highly caffeinated comedy. Let me set the record straight. Maxwell, Butternut, and Bean was never a comedy team intentionally. They've been busting guts for over 20 years and are bringing their wild antics to the Park Square Theater in downtown St. Paul on November 15th. Get your tickets before they're gone at am980themission.com. Just click on Clean Comedy. Hey, come on and see Triple Espresso. Yeah, bomb beast beats. My my son, I went looking for him this week. He said, "Oh, dad, uh, I had to go to a Cray concert, man." I, <laughs> I'm trying to find him. Anyway, I answered this phone, and I realized, oh yeah, he went. He said he was going to the concert this week. So, I hope you those who went enjoyed it. I heard it. It was uh, according to him, uh, it was fire. Uh, you know, so uh, you know, I guess back. I guess that means you could say that it was good, it was fat, it was toasty, it was all of the above, you know, whatever words, slang words we tend to use to describe in our generation. Um, this weekend, today, Saturday evening at uh, Park Center uh, High School, uh, Gospel Safari Ministries is putting on their, 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 their annual uh, Gospel Music Awards. Uh, uh, I will be there as I always am. Uh, these awards are primary. Gospel Safari is a is a is a ministry based uh, here in uh, Minneapolis that reaches over into Africa. They have a TV show. They do internet radio and internet TV, and uh, they're doing the Gospel Music Awards. And they, they they're going to highlight some artists. Uh, there's going to be some artists there from Kenya, Ghana other different places like that. Man, it is a great time. If you ever want to get exposed to our brothers and sisters in the African community, uh, this is the event that you want to come to. Uh, or at least tune in on Facebook or go to uh, Gospel Safari uh, Ministries website. They're going to broadcast it live through there, uh, through the Internet, and you can watch it. But uh, they nominate different people for awards and, and they worship and praise, man. It's just a a hot time. If you ever adopted anybody from Africa, and you want them to get a taste of their roots, take them back there tonight. They're gonna have a good time. Uh, you know, I know my children from Nigeria. They they love it when they go there. They get to sing songs they grew up with, and plus new modern songs. And um, my son, uh, 
Juice, the comedian, is hosting. He's hosting there, and uh, and so I know I'm going to be there. A lot of my people from my church will be there, and it's a, it's a great time. Uh, if you want to, if you get exposed to just to your brothers and sisters from Africa, you know you there, or you got somebody in your congregation uh, who's from Africa and you want them to tap into, just tell them to come there. They'll meet somebody from every nation. Red carpet event. You walk in, real high class, real fancy. Uh, I love it. I enjoy it. Uh, tickets are twenty dollars, but you know, and uh, but you you get fed, and you it's it's worth your while to to be there uh, to come to the gospel safari. Uh, this Sunday, man, my 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 son Jonathan, who's a youth pastor, he's also he'll be preaching at 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 our church. Uh, Jonathan is just a, a, a oracle wonder when it comes to preaching that word, and you're always invited to Spirit of the Lord Church. Um, you know, our goal is uh, just to minister to people and. And in the urban context, and and to share, and and to go, and you know we're a, a church of many colors, and so you always welcome. Uh, we start at eleven o'clock. Uh, we used to start at ten thirty, but now we start at eleven o'clock, and uh, you know we're usually done by twelve thirty. So don't don't get your britches too tight. So come on out. But anyway, ministering to people. So you know in Isaiah, I'm mean, going to do the book of Isaiah, and God says, you know, I don't desire your sacrifices. I desire that you do justice. And so we live in an age where social justice is the thing. Everybody wants to talk about social justice. They want, and, and we do a lot of talking. You know what I mean? We do a lot of talking. There's a lot of experts on it, a lot of people preaching the good word, writing good, great books. Uh, I've never been much of a talker. I've always been a doer. I'm more of a doer. you know. And when I see injustice being done, I like to step in and make sure that I can write the scales. That's how I've always been. Uh, to, you know, even in school, you know, some people call me a bully, but I wasn't a bully, a bully. I bully bullies. You know, if I saw you picking on somebody and, and intimidating somebody, then I came and I took care of you. You know, and I, I took care of you. And, and I liked bullying bullies. You know what I mean? I, I liked seeing them power. You know what I mean? But now it's a whole different thing. You know, I, it's a bigger bully out here, you know, and uh, the kingdom of darkness is bullying everybody. And we need to step in and we need to be be God's answer to the problems and solutions that are around us. It shouldn't have to take someone uh, being placed in a wheelchair to be sympathetic for someone in a wheelchair. You know, uh, don't get me wrong. I've been, I've been wrestling with this for 20 years on how I can minister to people that, that are in uh, wheelchairs or are disabled or, you know, maybe have MS or something that, that hinders them from going. It's always been my, I always try to figure out how can I minister to everybody? I, I'll never look at myself as, as a ministry to one type of person because the city is a complex thing. And, uh, but it's, it's, it's really hard because finances do take a play. And, you know, I know other pastors had the same problem that I have. They look at it and go like, wow, you know, you know, we're not big enough to warrant. We couldn't pay off a quarter million dollar loan if we wanted to, you know what I mean? So how do we get there? And is it worth sinking a quarter million dollars so three people can go to church? You know, so, you know, what is a, a valid solution to those things? And I don't have those problems to answer those things, questions, but I try to route people to churches that are handicapped accessible. I try to match them up. I try to make sure that, that I can uh, match them up with a friendly face, that I can introduce them to someone before they go to that church. They can help them and guide them and lead them and make them feel welcome. Uh, I feel that's my least reasonable service as an evangelist to make sure that that I can find places for people to go 
after they've accepted the Lord. To me, that's responsible evangelism. You know what I mean? To be ready to be prepared. Everybody can't come to my church, even if they could walk in the door. It's not for everyone, and I realize that. But I have to be sensitive enough to that person and that person's needs and what the Holy Spirit wants to do in their life to know where, you know, the, the, where to place them, where they should go and where they can grow and where they can be most useful in the kingdom of God. And that, that, I think that's what all of us have to do. So if we only live amongst ourselves, stay within our own denomination, stay within our own part of town, we cheat ourselves, you know what I mean? Because, you know, when I, when I, when I shared the gospel with that guy in Florida, if, if I don't know anybody in Florida, you know, to introduce him to that I can personally hand them off to, I don't want to hand them off uh, to, to the wrong person. You know what I mean? I want to make sure that there's a level of understanding, you know? So, you know, I, you know, I, I try to build relationships with my, with my, uh, with my pastoral friends in different cities and different nations. I do that to be responsible. So I challenge you this week to be responsible. Come out of your shell. Uh, find some places that are there. Look outside of your world. Just don't be concerned with your problems, but help take on the problems and fight the rights and wrongs of others that are experiencing. And don't just do it in the flesh. Do it in the spirit. In Jesus' name, until next week, this is Pastor Joe Sutton. Goodbye. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com salemnow.com